Bye. 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 everybody. <clears throat>
if a person says, uh, I refuse to do Yibam, I refuse to do Chalitza, I don't want to do anything. So the Allah is we force him, and we force him to do Chalitza. Uh, like any mitzvah, you do kviyah on a mitzvah. So if a person refuses to do a mitzvah, you force him to do the mitzvah. However, if a person says, I, I, I want to do yibum, I'm very happy to do yibum. That, that works for me. And he is convincing enough that he says, you know, I really want to do yibum for the right reasons. L'shem Shemayim, I want to do yibum because it's the right thing to do yibum. So then the halacha is, you actually can't force him to do chalitza. But what you try to do is you try to trick him into doing chalitza. You tell him that, you know, there's a huge reward for someone who does chalitza. The bezin has in their bank account $100,000 for anybody who performs chalitza. And then he does it and then you don't pay him, etc. So this is a whole interesting discussion in Shulchan Aruch. It's in Simen um, Kuf uh, Samachay in, in Eben Ezer that if someone just refuses out of hand to do the mitzvah, we force him. But if he says he wants to do yibum, then it becomes a question what to do and how you can get him into doing chalitza, but we don't actually allow someone to go through with yibum. Part of the reason was um, because of uh, you're marrying someone, you know, without without her permission, because without her consent, because yibum by definition is done without the consent of the woman. That's she could agree, she could agree, obviously, but it doesn't need the consent of the woman. So, so a number of reasons Chazal at some point disallowed it. So uh, that's 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 the way it's done nowadays. Okay, so that's the that's the first thing to re- to know about yibum and chalitza. You're not going to be seeing a lot of yibum, but you do see once in a while you get to see a chalitza, which is a little a little bit of an unusual event because it doesn't you know all the parameters have to fall, fall into place. The person has to die without children, and he has to have a his, you know a wife who's interested in doing chalitza and so on and so forth. So it doesn't always it doesn't always pan out. I've been since I've been here, I've been to two chalitzas. Um. So now we uh, move ahead. Just one second here. Yeah, okay. So one thing we need to know in our Mishnah again is that Yibum is a Kenyan deraisa. So if a person is Miyabim, the only way you could do Yibum is with Bia. There's no other way to be kind of Yibum. It has to be Bia. If you do anything other than Bia, Minatayra actually doesn't work at all. She is an Eshazach after all. You can't be Mekadashur. You can't do Kedushin. Because someone who's chayv krisis, anyone who is one of the one of the chayv krisis, uh, kedushin does not typhus, right? So if you try to be mekadesh and you do regular kedushin with her, it's nothing. That did absolutely nothing. And if you bail her, the blood is a mamzer. So the only thing that works in an ashesach, the only thing that works in a woman that's oiled for yibum is bia, and nothing else works. However, if a person does do kedushin, if he goes and gives her money and says harayat mukudeshes li. Midrabanon, they were misakain that it does something. And that's called mimer. That's what's referred to in Mesach Zivamus as mimer. Mimer is a Durabanon form of Kedushin, which Chazal actually instituted. They wanted you to do that because they did want the Yibum to uh, progress with a typical sense of, you know, you do Kedushin and then you get married. So they did institute mimer. And what mimer accomplishes is it's not, it doesn't actually change her status. Halachically, she really is just as unmarried, but she's still uh, Yivama. However, it prevents any of the other brothers from marrying her at that point. So Maimur Midrabanan, it, it makes a, a miniature Kedushin, so much so that now none of the other brothers can marry her, and it's only up to this guy to culminate what he started and to do That's Maimur. The other form of drum. You're saying it's better, it's better to do Maimur or just a word? From what I remember, you know, this is uh, dusty. <laughs> some of the old chambers, but I seem to remember from the Gemara that, uh, that Chazal were actually in the second member for that reason, that they wanted it to proceed okay. that way. But you should do Maimur and then and you. So that's a Gemara, I think, somewhere, but we'll find out some, 
this year, next year, I don't know. Um, so the, the, the other, though, it's just important to make the distinction that the other form of Kedushan Durabanan, which is actually mentioned in our Mishnah, is something totally different, and that's Kedusha Kitana. So Kedusha Kitana is a, something that Chazal instituted to protect young ladies. Um, mainly it was, it was there to protect women that don't have father who could take, you know, take care of their marriage situation. So they had the ability to get married, Midrabanan, even though they were less than 12, where less than 12, you don't have the ability to accept Kedusha Midrabanan, you could. And that's called Kedusha Kitana. And Kedusha Kitana can be either her brother or mother can take, can do it for her, or she can do it herself, as we'll see in the Mishnah. And the Kedusha Kitana is a Midrabanan, and it has a very interesting, um, characteristic that you can do miyun, right? And miyun means that she can say when she turns 12 that I don't want this, and it retroactively demolishes the whole Kedusha in Lamafrey. It's as if she was never married. And that has a, obviously a very important um, ramification regarding Yibum is because if, let's say, she's a uh, tsara, she's a woman that is an erva to the, so let's say, someone's daughter um, was a katana and married uh, his, married his, um, how's this going to go again? His brother, his brother married uh, my the, the brother married the daughter, and then the brother died. So now the daughter fell in Yibum in front of her father. Right, so it's Bitai, and she was a katana. So okay, so I can't that can't typically happen by a father. Whatever, just think of the just keep it simple for a second. And however that happened, uh, so she does Mion. So now she retroactively she's not married at all. So for retroactively, she's not married at all. So then her, if she were, there are other wives, you can do Yibam on those wives. So that's, that's the relevance of Mion. Mion can undo the Kedushan Lamafreya, and now it's as if she was never married. So that's Kedusha Kitana and Mion, not to be confused with Maimer. Maimer is a Drabonan de Kedushan in a Yavama, and uh, Kedusha Kitana is a Drabonan, and Mion can undo it. Maimer can't be undone with Mion. Maimer actually needs a get. If you want to undo a Maimer, you actually have to do a proper get. Okay, so that's the, those are the different forms of Kedushin that are over here in Masechus Yuvamis. Now, the Mishnah begins with this halacha that if the person, the woman who is falling for Yibam, was noiful Yibam, besides that she's an Ashes Ach, she's your brother's wife, but that's something that the Torah allowed, right? So that's not an issue. But what if she's another Erva? She's a sister, she's a this, and she's a that, all the other different Arayas that the, Gemara, the Mishnah goes and lists out. So that, the, once she's one of those other Arias, then Yibum is knocked out of the ballpark. Why is there no Yibum uh, possible? So the Gemara on that Gimlam and Beis learns it out of a Pasik. Aleha. We learn out of a Pasik. Aleha. That's Xeris Akasav. If she's any other Erva other than Eshesach, then it's, uh, it's not possible to do Yibum. And once it's not possible to do Yibum, because you can't marry her, she remains in her status as an Erva, there's no Chalitza either. Why is there no chalitza? Technically, there should be able to be, uh, chalitza should be able to be done. There's no, you're not marrying her, you're not living with her, but that's a different pasik, and that's lakachas. Now, these are terms, aleha and lakachas is Yivam's digger terms, right? So aleha is the re- way we learn out the patur for arayas, and lakachas is how we know that there's a, once, once there's no yibum, then there's no chalitza either. Uh, it's a pasik, the Gemara is going to darshan it at the beginning of the second parak, and it's mentioned many times. It's for, referred to as lakachas. So that's, that's how we know that when there's no yibum, then there's no chalitza. So the reason why you don't do chalitza on an erva is because of lakachas. The reason why there's no yibum is because of Allah. Now there's going to be, from starting from the Gemara is going to be wrestling with one question. 
trying to answer it, which gets us into the sugi of Asayda Chalaisasay. The Gemara wants to know why is it that you need a Pusik to tell you that if the woman that's being Neufel Yibum is a sister, is a daughter, or any other kind of Arabah, of course you can't do Yibum. Why would you be allowed to do Yibim? It's a, an Esther Leisasei. It's a Leisasei Sheyesh Be'kares. You can't marry your sister. The terror was never matter marrying a sister. So what would be the Havamina that you should be able to do that? Why do you need a Pasik to tell you that is a Ptur Yibim? And the Gemara then starts going into the whole discussion. Can you say, I say, Dech if not for the Pasik? And the Gemara says, no, you can't say, I say, of Yibim is Dech say of daughter or all the other Krisus, because it's not Dech Sheyesh And the Gemara says, that's true. So that's how we get into the whole Sugi of say Dech for four blot, to which the Gemara ends up with about three Terutsim. And uh, one of the Terutsim is a very interesting one, is Hoyle of Ishtari Ishtari. The Gemara says that since the Eishas Ach is an Erva and the Torah was Matarit, so that Heter we thought would apply to all the other possible Ervas that this woman might be. Once your Torah was Matar part, it was Matar this lady in its totality. That's one of the truths the Gemara gives. The Gemara gives other truths, as we'll see. So that's why you need the Pasuk of Allah. But regardless, the, the, when, after the dust settles, the actual reason why a woman is Pater from Yibum, if she is an Erva, is because of Xeris Akasiv of Aleha, and uh, the Chalitza is because of Lokachas. Now, there's a very Yeshivisha Klar, which actually makes a big, uh, has big ramifications regarding other sugis we're going to be seeing later with Islandists, and a little bit with the question of Kvegras, as we'll mention in a minute. Uh, the Yeshivisha Shail is like this. Once, we're, once the Gemara explained that essentially uh, your daughter or your sister could have been mutter too, either because of Hayal history or because of whatever other reasons the Gemara says. So we need Xeris Akasav of Allah. And Xeris Akasav of Allah tells us that that's why you don't do Yibam. What is Allah really telling you? Is Allah really telling you that the daughter is the problem? Or is Allah telling you that the Eishas Ach is the problem? Right? This is something which you kind of have to keep on wrapping your head about around the Mesechtas Yivamas because you can never forget. That's something you can't forget in Mesechtas Yivamas that the lady that you're doing Yibim to is an Erva. She's an Eish Forget about anything else. She's your brother's wife. Your brother's wife is someone in a typical situation. If your brother divorces his wife and you marry her, you have Karis. Kedushin is not Typhus. You can't marry her. And the children are Mamzer. And over here, the Torah said Yibim is an exception. Okay? And now when the Torah said that, well, that exception doesn't apply because she's your sister, because she's your daughter, where, where was the real problem? After the Xeris Akasav of Allah, did the Torah say the Eishas Ach is the problem? Or the Torah said the daughter is the problem? And I'm not going to tell you any Nafkabina right now, but it's a good thing to keep in mind. You'll see it's going to be relevant as we go along. Because it could be that, the, in other words, whatever the Gemara said before Allah, whether it's a Seydah say or whether it's Ishtari, or whether it's whatever reason the Gemara gives that we would have assumed that daughter is not a problem, it could be that remains. That daughter really isn't a problem. And sister isn't really a problem. Just this exerus of Allah that says here, Eishazach is a problem. That's, it's something to keep in mind in Yavamas. Always keep in mind, what's the story with this Eishazach? Is this an Eishazach we can knock out? Is this an Eishazach we can't knock out? And we'll see in a moment where this plays a big role in the, in the Mishnah itself. So that's, and going back, that's the exerus of Allah, which is the tour for any time she's another Erva, it, there's no yibum. Chalitza is learned out of Lukachas. Okay, now, the Gemishnah has one case, which is, now brings us to the next aspect of this, uh, this, this Eishas Achen uh, question, 
which uh, the case is actually a case coming up in Rus, right in the beginning of Rus, Rashi discusses it, Shvera Pasuk over there in Rus, and that's Eishas Achshulohoi Ba'alamai. What's an Eishas Achshulohoi Ba'alamai? An Eishas Achshulohoi Ba'alamai is if a brother was born after the whole event of this brother dying, right? So there were uh, two brothers. There was uh, your classic Reuven and Shimon. Reuven is always the guy who dies, okay? Let's, let's keep that. Let's try to keep that as a constant here in Mesechus Reuven is a dead guy. So Reuven, uh, apologies to any Reuven's, but so Reuven, <laughs> Reuven uh, um, it's the, throughout Mesechus is bad luck. So he got married. Uh, he died. And this lady fell, Yubom, into uh, Shimon. And then the, the mother had, gave birth after the fact that Reuven died, after the fact that Reuven died, before Yubin necessarily happened. But after that Reuven died, the, the mother gave birth to another boy. And that's boy number three, Levi, I call him. And Levi is an Asha's actual by Lama. So Levi was born at, at, at later than Reuven's whole marriage. After it was, he, said, he was an Asha's actual by Lama. The Asha's was never in his world, was never in his dimension. She wasn't married to his brother by the time he came around. And Asha's actual by Lama, we learn out of a Pusik that she doesn't have the character of Yubin. So while this lady, Shimon, is able to be Miabim her, so in the same Nefila Liyubim, one brother is able to be Miabim her and could be Miabim her, and then he dies. She can't become, uh, Levi won't be able to be Miabim her, and it, what the relevance the Gemara says is even the stage two, meaning to say Reuven died, so Shimon was Miabim Reuven's wife. Then Levi gets born way later, and eventually Shimon dies without kids. Now she falls in front of Levi, so she's an Erva. Why is she an Erva? Because she's, besides being Shimon's wife, but she's also was Reuven's wife, and Reuven's wife was an Eishas Ach, and it was an Eishas Ach that never had a heter. It was an Eishas Ach It was an Eishas Ach that wasn't included in Yubim. So she has Eishas Ach from two different angles. Reuven is making her into an Eishas Ach, and Shimon's making her into an Eishas Ach, and Reuven's Eishas Ach has no heter. So what is actually making her putter from Yubim? Eishas Ach. Right? So this is a very eye-opening case, which changes a lot about Yibamis. Because we thought in the first Mishnah, Eishasach is not a problem. Eishasach, Yibam is matir. The only problem is when it's another kind of erva. Bitai, Achaisai, Chamaisai, all those other arayas, those are a problem. Eishasach, that's the third thing, Skira. That's mutter. But no, Eishasach is only mutter if it meets the parameters. But if it's a loyal by lama, if that Eishasach existed before you were around, then it's excluded. And even though your other Eishasach is becoming mutter, the Eishasach of Shimon is becoming mutter. So the Eishasach of this lady, in one aspect, is mutter, but the Eishasach that's created by the fact she was married to Ruvain is not mutter. So Eishasach is the erva that makes her putter. Eishasach could make you putter as well. That's something, like I guess always has to be kept in mind. Eishazach could patter you. It has the potential to patter you. Uh, the way this comes up in Rus is that Naomi says something to Rus, which, uh, which the, the Rashi already mentions is a problem. He tells Rus, why are, you, uh, why are you waiting around? Are you going to wait that maybe I'll have another son and then you'll marry him? And this is Rashi already mentions what do you mean. If she would have another son, she wouldn't be allowed to marry Rus because she's an Eishas Achshul That brother was born. Right? Now, obviously, that gets into the discussion. Was Rus a guy? Was she a Yid? When, when did the gay, gayers happen? 
So obviously that Gemara that Rashi is quoting is assuming that the Geras happened earlier and Rus was really married uh, legitimately to Machlin or Kilian, whoever his wife she was. And therefore, it's a, it's a valid question that why, even if you would have another son, she wouldn't be allowed to marry that other son because the son that gets, bar- that gets uh, born later is an Eshashach Shalohei Ba'alamis. That's how it's going to be relevant in uh, Rus. Pay attention to that Rashi, you'll see. Um, so uh, coming back, so now why is this so interesting? The reason why this is so interesting is, is because then we move on to the next thing the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says that there is a tour called Tsaras Erva, right? So you have uh, the, the Ruven, the, the guy who died. He had not one wife, he had two wives. One wife was the mother-in-law of, of the brother, and the other wife was uh, unrelated, unaffiliated. So normally you would think that, okay, Allah says I can't do Yibum to the one who's uh, Erva. I can't do uh, Yibum to my mother-in-law. Fine, so she's out of the picture. She's out of the yibum, she can't do yibum, chalitza, she's away. But why can't I go do yibum to the other lady, the tsara? No reason why I can't do yibum to the other lady. So that we learn out of a pasuk of Litzra. That Litzra says, no, the same way you can't do yibum to the mother-in-law, you can't do yibum to the tsara either. You can't do yibum to lady number two, right? We'll call her Leah. You can't do yibum to the tsara, Leah. Rachel is the one who's the mother-in-law, Leah. You can't do yibum to Leah. Okay, so no yibum to Leah. Very good. Now, Leah goes, that's a tzara, this is the halacha that tzara is our potter. Then the mission says there's something called a tzara's tzara. What's a tzara's tzara? Tzara's tzara is like this, there's more than one brother, right? So the, the problem of chamaisai, of mother-in-law, is only a problem for one brother. But brother, the other brother, uh, Levi, Shimon, whoever, however many brothers are, that's not, that's not their mother-in-law. So they can, they can be either woman, they have no problem. So they do yibum. They do yibum, and who do they do yibum? They don't do yibum on the mother-in-law. They do yibum on the second woman, the Tzara, they do Yibam on Leah. And then that brother dies. So another brother died without any kids. And his wife was Leah, who was the, the wife of the previous uh, dead Ruvain. And he has, uh, he has another wife as well. He has a wife, um, Shprinza. Okay, so Leah and Shprinza. Uh, so now when uh, we come back to the, the brother who originally had this issue with his mother-in-law, so now you say, okay, no mother-in-law in the picture here. There's Leah, who was a tzara of your mother-in-law, and then the Shprinza. So Leah is a tzara. So what that she's a tzara? Well, tzara is pater from Yibum, and tzara then has still the status of Eishas Ach of the first marriage. And that a status of Eishas Ach of the first marriage, for you, there was no heter. Because at the time, she was a tzara to uh, your mother-in-law. So the first Eishasach, the Eishasach of the first marriage is still Chai V'Kayim. It's still just as strong and has absolutely no heter. Fine, so you can't, that's why it's not an option for you to marry Leah. Even now, even though she's married your next brother. And your next brother has a heter Yibam. But it's the like, same thing like an Eishasach, Shalohai Ba'alamai. That Eish, the, the marriage she had to Ruvain is still there. It still defines her as an Eishasach. Nothing was matter that marriage, that Eishasach of Ruvain. So you can't, uh, you can't do even with her. Why can't you do even with Shprinza? Right? So you say, what do you mean? Very straightforward. She's, she's the Tzara Sereva, right? She's the Tzara of Leah. Leah is an Eishasach. And as we just learned, an Eishasach is just as good an Ereva like anything else. She's basically an Eishasach Shalohei Ba'alame, right? An Eishasach Shalohei Ba'alame means that the brother was born later. So therefore, the, the wife of the, the first brother was never mutter to him, so she's an Eishasach. Since she's an Eishasach, and that Eishasach never had Yibum, 
regular Eshesach. She patters her tzara. She has a regular dinner. Of an, she's like her daughter. She's like a mother-in-law. She's like a sister. So this Leah, who was the tzara of your mother-in-law, was an Eshesach who didn't have a heter of Yubam. So Leah now turned into your mother-in-law. Leah turned into your daughter. Because she's an Eshesach that has no heter. She's a regular Arab of Eshesach. Nothing special about her. She's Ruben's Eshesach. And there was no heter for her for her Eshesach because she was a tzara. So that's why Sprinza can't marry. Sprinza is a regular Tsaras Arabic. She's like a Tsaras Bita. She's like a Tsaras Chamaisai. She's Tsaras Eshazach. The problem is the Gemara needs a special Pasik for this. The Gemara says, How do we know Tsaras Tsara is Pater? The Gemara says, Litzrar, an extra Vav. The Gemara makes a drasha for this. And this is a very famous Kasha of Rabbi Kiba Eger and Gilina Shas that everybody is busy with. The first, depending on what kind of yeshiva you're in week, two weeks, month, three months of uh, uh it always comes back to this question. Somehow, everything boils down to this question. Uh, what happened? Why can't the Eishas Ach of a Tzara be the thing that patters her as Tzara, Tzara? Why do you need to have a special Xeris HaKasim? And that's, I feel, uh, even though it's a little confusing, you have to know this Kasha of Eger. You know, you can't learn Yuvamas without knowing this Kasha of Eger. Even if you hear the Kasha and you don't understand it, but at least you heard the Kasha of Eger. I think that's a thing. So it's an, I think it's an important thing. So let's uh, let's just just uh, review review what we said. But the truth is, even, like I said, even if you you didn't understand it, you, you hear it, you will learn the Gemara, you'll start thinking about it, and then you'll realize, oh, you know, this is this is Rukvega's kasha, and uh, then you try to answer it. It's 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 fun to answer because you keep on going in circles. You know, is it the same like Eishach Shalei Balami? Is it different? Could you find differences? Is Eishach here like this? Here like that? It's a Gishmak and so, uh, so what, what do we have here so far? What did we learn? So we learned that there is Xerza Kosov of Aleha. Aleha is the Xerza Kosov that teaches us that when she's any other kind of Ereva, she's Bita, she's Chamaisa, she's any kind of Ereva, there's no Yubam. And being that there's no Yubam, we learn from a Pasuk of Lokachas that when there's no Yubam, there's no Chalitza either. She's totally excluded. We also learned that it's not limited to the Ereva of Bitai or Chamaisai, all these other kind of exotic Ervas. Even the good old Eishas Ach, the regular fact that she's your brother's wife, can also be an Ereva that patters you from Yibam if it's an Eishas Ach Shaloi Mitzvah. That's the term. Eishas Ach Shaloi Mitzvah. It's an Eishas Ach that doesn't have the Heter of Yibam. What's an example? The Mishnah gives you an example of an Eishas Ach Shaloi Mitzvah, an Eishas Ach that doesn't have the Heter of Yibam. The example is when the brother got born after the whole story, that's an Eshesach which doesn't have the Heter of mitzvah, and that Eshesach is like any other Ereba and has the status of any other Ereba. It's going to patter, it's going to stop in the field of Yibam, there won't be Chalitza, it'll patter at Tzara, and etc. What we continue to explain is that a Tzara's Ereba, which is this, the wife, the second wife that falls together with an Ereba, a Bita, a Ereba, so the, the Tsaras Ereva is Pata. And when she goes and marries another brother, because the other brother can do Yibam, that other brother, uh, now, now when, when uh, she, her status, as far as the first brother is concerned, she's a regular Eshazach. She's an Eshazach. She's a Tsaras Ereva. Tsaras Ereva doesn't have a heter of Yibam. Since she doesn't have a heter of Yibam, she's an Eshazach, a regular, good old Eshazach. Eshazach Shlach and that's why the question here is, is that essentially she should have the potential to patter her tzara when, when that happens. Just like every other Eishasach, and that's why it's a question. It seemed to need a, we seem to need a special pasuk for that. Why do we need a special pasuk for that? That's Rabbi Kvega's question. Okay. 
What else do we have here? <clears throat> ask a question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, we, when we talked about the brother that was Shalom, uh, was, he wasn't born yet. Um, we're saying that the relationship, the very fact that he's an Aishas Ach, is what's pottering him. Why not? The, why do we even come on to that though? Just the fact that he, uh, that the, that this excessive, which which excludes a, a, a brother that wasn't born yet, wouldn't that itself be the reason why he can't marry her? Uh, essentially, yeah. But um, in other words, so what? You're excluded from Yibam, but why can't you marry her? What exactly is stopping you from marrying her? It all boils down to the Eshazach, after all. Okay, but it's, not a patur, it's not a patur from Yibam. It's an Isser of, of Kedushin. It's the old-fashioned Isser of Eshazach. Yeah. yeah. And Eshazach, Mitzvah is a regular, nothing, it's not, it's not a... Um, but it's not the fact that the Eshazach, it's not the Eshazach, which is pottering from Yibam. There's, an, there's no Yibam, which is, which is Chal at all. Correct. Okay, so you're, you're starting, no, you're, start, you're making a point, which I, I see where you're going with that, but... I, I, that's as far as I went. I'm not going okay, to... <laughs> so you keep on thinking along those lines, you might get somewhere. Let's, 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 uh, let's leave it at that. That's a good way to start thinking about this. Uh, just, let, to add, let me, yeah. just to add to the discussion, I think there's, there's another case of Eishas Ach, Shlobo Mokom in the Mishnah, which is Eishas Achiv Me'imo. Correct, correct. So that's, that's included in Eishas Ach because there's a reboy. Um, and it's not included in Yibum because it's not Meshach Zach of Correct. Right. Yeah, that is cited as another example. Correct. Very good. Um, so now, actually to address kind of what you're saying, I didn't want to go that deep into it, but since you brought it up, uh, there, there's another concept, which uh, I don't know, I don't think it's mentioned in the Mishnah, but the Taisus already mentions it in the Mishnah. And that's a concept called Nesra. Nesra is another Yavam is the good term. Nesra is something which comes up a lot uh, much later, really in the third parak, it's, it's, it's spoken about a lot, but it's mentioned here a little bit in Tysus, like I said, Tysus makes a big deal about it here, and uh, it comes up, we're going to see it in Esedich, let's say, I believe, a little bit. Nesra means as follows, very simple case. Achai uh, sister, your wife's sister. So the halacha is a person is not allowed to marry his wife's sister as long as his wife is alive. But once the wife dies, then he's allowed to marry his wife's sister. So that's the one, there's very few uh, arayas that are like that. Most arayas, most of the arayas, uh, once, the, once, there's, once they start, they never end, right? Uh, even if they come through marriage, even if the marriage dissipates, the uh, Arab remains. This is an exception. Nachay is something that falls away once the, uh, one, if, if the person's wife dies, you're allowed to marry your wife's sister. That's a, a, an exception to the typical rule of arise. So, therefore, we have an interesting question. So, what happens if someone, your, your two brothers marry two sisters, right? Actually happens. No, I know someone that did that. So, two brothers marry two sisters, and um, one brother dies. So, the sister fell in front of his, uh, the, the other brother who was married to her sister. So, it's an Arab, right? So, she's Pata from Ibn, Pata from Khalitza. And then the guy's wife dies. This is the, the, the original, the, the, uh, let me give you names. Let's keep this simple, right? Reuven Shimon, again, Reuven's always the guy who dies. So Reuven was married to Rachel and, and Shimon is married to Leah. So Reuven died. So Rachel fell to Shimon, who was married to Leah. So he couldn't, he couldn't do Yubin on her because Rachel was a sister. But then Leah died. In other words, Shimon's original wife, Leah, she died. So now he's allowed to marry Rachel. So does Yubin now pop back up? 
Does the mitzvah come back up? Why not, right? It, it should. But there's a concept called Nasra. And it's not clear what the source of this problem of Nasra is, which is actually Tysus is going to talk about here on the bottom Tysus. So there's a concept called Nasra, and it's discussed at length throughout the Mesechta. Nasra is that once you're an Asr, you remain Asr. And you keep your status. So she was not not Chalitza. There was no Yibn Chalitza. She remains that way, even though she becomes Mutter later. That's the concept of Nasra. Uh, in, in regard to what you're saying, Shlomo becomes a alumnus of the Chakira again, which has a lot of ramifications. Uh, does Nesra mean that she was an Achais Ishtai, so we kind of continue to look at her like an Achais Ishtai? Or does Nesra mean that she was an Eishas Ach and the Eishas Ach stays? The Eishas Ach asters her. So that's kind of all, and that's the whole Yuvamas you have to keep on juggling with that. What is the real problem here? Is the Eishasach the real problem, or is the Achayisishtai the real problem? Is the Chamoisit the problem, or is the Eishasach? How much of our problem could the Eishasach be? So on and so forth. This Nasser is not an exception to that. Now, the relevance here in our Mishnah that Tysus brings up is Tysus says there's a notable erva, one of the Arayas in Parashas Kedoshim, that's missing here in our Mishnah, and that's Nida. Why isn't Nida one of the Arayas in our Mishnah? If, let's say, a woman falls to Yibum, and she's a Nida at the moment, that very moment that Yubam happened, that the brother died, she happened to be a Nida, uh, that she should also be one of the Arayas. Why doesn't that have that halacha that she's potter from Yubam and from Chalitza? And, oh, but, you know, she could become not Nida, right? She can go to the mikvah and become Tar. So Taisa says, well, then we should say Nesra. She should say, since she was Asr at the moment of the Nefila of the Yubam, it can't change later. That's Taisa's question. Taisa wants to know what happened to Nida, even though Nida is, has the interesting attribute that you can take away the Isser, you can go to the mikveh and it can become mutter. Well, a chayseshta is the same thing. A chayseshta is also something that's Asr and can become mutter, and yet doesn't make a difference. Once it's potter, it stays potter, and even though you become mutter, it continues to stay potter because of Nesra. Why does it need to have that halacha? To which Tysus then goes and gives two terutsim, and you can learn the Tysus, interesting Tysus. It's a good Tysus to learn, bad Tysus. Tysus has two theories why need is different. He says one theory, misvara, and then the second theory, what he's doing is he's mechadesh, a whole new approach to what Nestra means. Because like I said, it's not clear in the Gemara what this Nestra business is. It's not clear why that halacha is true. So Tysus has a, has a says, says or speculates, he says that the reason why Nestra is uh, pater is because of Jochev wouldn't do that to you. It's not nice, it's not fair, that first you're mutter, then you're asa, then you're mutter, then you're ma'am. No, status quo. Once you mutter, you stay mutter. And that doesn't apply. One minute. I'm sorry? So anyway, so that's, that's worthwhile to see, that bottom tesis. It's not such a difficult tesis. It's good to see how tesis pu- pu- uh, puts down uh, Nida and this concept of, uh, of Nasra. So that's the, that is the, 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 another very important concept that comes up a lot in Masech Tzivamas. See what else I have here? Okay. Yeah, that, really, that basically sums it up. So what, we, uh, what, what I think is important to uh, focus on is not getting lost in the cheshven. It's really not so hard. <laughs> uh, if you're a chart guy, then make a chart. If you're not a chart guy, don't make a chart. Uh, you know, for some people, the lines and the things are easier, and other people, the lines and the things make them more confused. But really, the cheshven is really a minor part of Masech Tosivamas, believe it or not. 
uh, it's a little scary in the Mishnah when you have all the cases, and then you're kind of done with that for, like I said, a long time. The next time you're going to have to really um, slave through that is Daf Yud. A little bit, long Rashi over there that makes a lot of kind of chesbainus. Um I remember when I was in, uh, I was in Shir, my, it was Rosh, my Rosh Hashiva Shir at that point. Uh, and he insisted reading through that whole Rashi. And I'm saying there's not one Lamdash word in that whole Rashi. He, he just read through it just to make the point <laughs> that we have to learn the Rashi. So he, 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 he read through that whole Rashi. And uh, there is... Um, and like I said, and it basically, it gets there's less, much less of the chesbainus. We're not going to have to worry about the chesbainus until the third parrot. So don't let that discourage you. Uh, one, uh, I forgot there's one other term that's also a very important term, Saftas Yivamis, and that's Zika. Uh, very, very important term. Zika is the status of a woman who is Ayamid Liyibum. Anytime a woman is Naifal Liyibum, until Yibum occurs, she is Zokok Liyibum, and uh, there is a form of connection between her and her potential Yivamais, which is known as Zika. And that's kind of a Miksas Kedushin. It has a little bit of the status of a Kedushin. And the relevance of it is that it has the status of a marriage that it can then create a problem of Arias if when she's Zokok because of one thing, she becomes Zokok because of something else. It's a Chayzikukasek. I'm not going to confuse with all the cases. But it's a, it's, it's a, there's a whole Suga. There's a Suga called Yesh Zika and Ein Zika. And Zika certainly exists. There's no question that when a woman is nightful Yibum, it's also for her to marry anybody else until they, they resolve the Yibum either with Yibum or with Chalitza. And that's, the, that's what Zika does. The sugi of Yesh Zika, Ein Zika, is regarding this other discussion, whether how powerful is that connection between her and the Yibum, can it affect other things? Can it re- is it considered like they're married regarding affecting other things, Minatayra or Midra Banan? And that's the sugi of Yesh Zika, Ein Zika, which really comes up in the second parak. In about um, six months. So, <laughs> as a shame, we don't have to worry about it for a while. Okay, that sums it up. Slacha uh, Rabba, everybody, on Mesechtis Yvamis. And feel free to keep those questions coming via WhatsApp or whatever other way. Let's, 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 make, this, uh, let's make this a, sex, a successful lima. Learning in Mesechtis Yvamis is very, very geschmack. Uh, if you learned it in Yeshiva, you might learn it and say, oh my gosh, I know I'm missing everything over here. I know there was major stuff going on. You could still learn Masechus Yivamis Bikiyazdik. It's still Gishmak. I'll try to point out Bez Hashem the types of sin that are not so hard to incorporate into that Hashvur Bez Hashem. Have a good night and Atzlacher Rab everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah.